And we as as pastors and anyone who shares the gospel, we, we find that groove sometimes and we get in a comfort zone. And I'm really, really grateful that God doesn't leave us there because uh, I'm not going to try and quote whoever it was, but they said it really well. There's no growth in the comfort zone. And far too many Christians in our world today want to be comfortable rather than grow. Uh, we're we're going to come around, probably see something similar to this at the beginning of the year because the the month of January, gym memberships skyrocket. So, you know, if you catch this, lot speeches, get ready. The, the big crowds are coming for a couple weeks. Maybe a week. Okay. <laughs> Maybe a day. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of a reality there. And, and, and this series has, has been an uncomfortable time of growth for me personally. Because like I told you the first week, I, I started to examine my own prayer life and really found it lacking. And, and that's hard to get up as the, the leader, so-called leader of a group. I, I don't feel I'm leading any of you. I'm pacing life with you. And, and to say that I'm not very good at that. But you're a pastor. You should be really good at that. Well, being really good at it and actually feeling like you're really good at it are a lot of times different things. And... As I started to look at it, you know, we we looked at some very dangerous, deep prayers the last few weeks, and and I got convicted, and that's a good thing, that I, I'd given you three things, but I didn't really, I, I hadn't been equipped to give you something that takes you farther, and. And sometimes as a minister of the gospel, that's what you struggle with the most is, is feeling like you're making an impact that's going to keep going. And if the, if the other three messages were rocks that hit the surface of the pond, then, then what we're going to look at today is the ripples that just keep going. And today our prayer is teach us to pray the Bible. Most people, if you ask them about their prayer life, if they're genuinely honest with you, they're going to tell you, just like I would tell you, that I feel like I have ADHD when I pray. That my mind goes everywhere when I try to focus in in prayer. My mind just wanders. Like I, I feel like a second-rate or a terrible Christian because... I can't seem to focus in on actual prayer for more than two or three minutes at a time before I start thinking about what went wrong in the basketball game Friday night or how terrible my football team is and how it showed up in Bedlam or, or you know, I got to get the turkey set out so it thaws in time for Thanksgiving or, or what bill did not get paid yet this month or or, you know, why are my kids crawling all over the front pew? Or, you know, all these thoughts that just invade my mind while I'm trying to focus in and pray. 
And, and it's like I have ADHD when I'm trying to pray. And, and I don't feel like my prayers are very, as, as Paul would write in the New Testament, effective or fervent. I, I feel a lot more like I'm saying the, the same things about the same things over and over and over to the point where I'm bored with it. I can't imagine how God puts up with my prayer life. How many of you want to hear the same thing about the same thing every day? I, I, I can tell you, most of us would get really excited if we got to pick a celebrity and, and they called you up and they said, Hey, Scott, you're going to get to spend an hour tomorrow interviewing Brian Bosworth. Okay, I'm going to pick a OU football guy from the past that I would like to hang out with for an hour just because the boss, man, the, you know. <clears throat> and you're going to get one hour with him. Would you prepare for that one hour of stuff you really wanted to talk about? I would if I only got one hour. Well, here's the, here's the great thing. You get through that hour, you had a lot of fun. You're going to get to have that same interview tomorrow but you have to ask the exact same questions and the next day and you're gonna have to ask the exact same questions how quickly would the boss and scott get tired of each other pretty quick and and a lot of us and i can't speak for you i'll just say for me that's my prayer life i pray the same things about the same things and, and i could almost quote my own prayer daily to where it's just as as the bible talked about vain repetitions i imagine if my kids ever came in and listened to me pray for a few days at a time that they could probably start quoting the same prayer and it wouldn't mean anything it was just daddy's words so i unknowingly had fallen into a pattern of vain repetitions where Jesus was speaking in Matthew chapter 6, He said, And when you pray, don't heap empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think they will be heard for their many words. Heap up empty phrases. Oh. Oh, and I promise you, I'm not just trying to crush anybody today. That, that's me. That was my prayer life. There were times even when I really feel that broken spirit before God, I'm still praying the same thing about the same things. And it's almost empty phrases. The most common things we pray about, and this is a almost perfect list. We pray about family. We pray about the future. We pray about finances. I would love to be at a spot in life where I didn't have to pray about finances. That would be amazing. And what was that number last week? You know, 1.9 billion. Yeah, that that would probably work. Uh, we pray about work. A lot of times through clenched teeth. Uh, we pray about Christian concern. You know, we pray for our church. We pray for leaders in our church. We pray for missionaries. We pray for just the advancing of the gospel in general. 
And if you don't, you need to add that one in because you're, you're called to care about whether or not the gospel is being shared and you're called to share the gospel. But don't let me chase that rabbit this morning. We, we got to stay on task. Or the most current crisis. And that can be because you watch the news, you caught a crisis, or it can be the, the most current crisis in your life and not all crises are bad. Sometimes it's the birth of a child. Sometimes it's the twins about to jump off the top rope in the front row. <laughs> Praise the Lord for Miss Kelly, the Sunday school teacher. She's going to save us all from, from extreme wrestling, church edition. <laughs> As we pause for my son to get the dad look. But... These are the things that, you know, and this is not an all-encompassing list, but this is the most common things that I find myself praying about. And if I'm not preaching to anybody else today, that's okay. We'll have it on record. I preached a whole sermon to myself, and maybe through the Spirit of God, the preacher got it right. But we pray about these things because they sum up our life. They really do. And this is not a knock on anybody. This is not me trying to be super spiritual. This is, these are the things, looking at them, that, that we deal with day to day. And I want you to understand that God genuinely cares about your day to day. He does. Go back and read about the life of Jesus. The, the narrative stories that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John put together for us about Jesus. We get to see Jesus did day-to-day -day life. I love that. I love that it, it wasn't just Jesus came down from heaven, descended from heaven, was crucified, laid in the grave, rose from the grave, went right back up. I'm glad we have 33 and a half years of a Savior who walked the face of the earth and did life. Because that means He gets me. He gets me. He knows what it's like to wake up and, and to feel like you're not going to be able to give your best that day. He knows what it's like to wake up and feel like you got the world by the tail. He knows what it's like to, to be betrayed. He knows what it's like to be loved. He knows what it's like to eat way too much. That's for the Thanksgiving part of the message. He knows what it's like to be hungry. And above all, he knew what it was to communicate to his father through prayer. And we struggle to pray because we get bored saying the same things about the same old things. That, that's where we have to take a little ownership and be honest. Most people, if we surveyed the room and I asked you about your prayer life, how long is your prayer life? Most of us would, would be on the minutes scale. I'm right there with you. I'm your pastor and I'll tell you, I pray minutes a day. I don't pray hours. I, I struggle with pray without ceasing. I really struggle with that. I wish I were better. And I'm going to get better because I have a tool now. We often feel like less of a Christian because of our struggle with prayer. 
the majority of people in the room, if I ask you to come and, and pray during our time of prayer, you would struggle with it. Not just because you're up in front of a mic, but because we genuinely struggle with prayer. But I want you to understand something. Paul writes in Corinthians, he says, For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to the worldly standards. Not many of you were powerful, and not many of you were of noble birth. I want you to understand, very few Christians that, that step into any form of ministry are qualified to do it. And most Christians that say, well, I don't know how to pray, I'm not very good at it, and you, know, you, you try and lessen yourself down, I want you to understand, God doesn't care. God doesn't care if you're the wealthiest person in the room or the poorest person in the room. God doesn't care if you're the most educated person in the room or the least educated person in the room. God will take prayer from four-year-old savages over here on the front row or I'm not going to go to the top end of the scale because you don't talk about people when their age is up there, okay? To the oldest person in the room, whoever that is now, I don't even know because you all look like young adults to me. <laughs> okay, less than young adults, but you're not old yet because I've known you my whole life. You can't possibly be old because I'm not old yet. When I get there, we're in trouble. But God wants us to, to be comfortable in communicating with Him. And, and the answer to that is easier than you think. It's something so simple, and I feel so very, very dumb that I hadn't put this together sooner. And I'm grateful that somebody out there turned the light on for me. Pray the Bible. Pray the Bible. And I'm not saying that you just open the Bible and you're going to read it in a spirit of prayer because that's, that's so not going to work. It won't work at all, okay? But Psalms is a great place to start. Because it's a book of mostly prayers that were sung. We, we like to call them songs, but I'm telling you the majority of them, if you read the Psalms, were prayers. And I'm not saying you have to sing them. Okay, there's a lot of people, well, I can't sing. Well, you can pray. A lot of times on Sunday morning when we're singing hymns, if you're not a singer and you really don't buy into the make a joyful noise, and I struggle with that too. You know, there's some people that, you know, they need to keep that joyful noise with their inner voice. But not in here. You guys are all good. But I've sat next to people in services that sounded like a coyote caught in a trash compactor, and it was rough. Okay? But, but what if we take the Word of God and we begin to, to look at it and say, you know, God, I want to I pray like that. Because David, who wrote most of Psalms, was a man after God's own heart. And God gifted him with the, the idea and the inspiration through the Holy Spirit to have these things written down. Because what God gives to you, He wants to receive back from you as well. And, and there, there's precedent for that all through Scripture. If you want to take the time and go dig it out, you can. I'll, I'll take you very simply to the parable of the talents, 
to whom much is given, much is required. Very simple standard. So if God has given you this ability through his word, we should give his word right back to him. Okay? And I'll unpack that here in a second. Uh, why the Psalms? Because they're, they're in a format that is very, very easy to, to turn into prayer. That, that's why I would start there. If you start in the New Testament, there are prayers scattered throughout the New Testament. There are, wow, we're getting blinky light surge here, okay? Awesome. That's kind of creeping me out, just a little. All right. But... In the New Testament, there are prayers that you can pray. I don't know why it's doing it. We're just going to keep going. You can pray them. Paul wrote prayers that you can repeat. And Jesus, the Lord's prayer is in the New Testament. It's a very easy prayer to repeat. But the problem with that is if we get stuck just repeating a prayer, we lose that, that personal connection that the Holy Spirit gives us. And, and the Psalms is a big book. Biggest book in the Bible. But we're commanded by the New Testament to use the Psalms. Addressing one another in Psalms and hymns according to Ephesians 5.19. And spiritual songs, singing, making melody to the Lord with your heart. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. See, this is going to come back to Thanksgiving whether I want it to or not. Okay? But the pastor, and this came up in Sunday school, what about the psalms where David is speaking specifically against his enemies. If you were in Sunday school, you got to hear my heart on this. We have enemies. We do. The Bible tells us we have enemies. Now, the people that you perceive as your enemy, if they're flesh and blood, you're called to pray for them. You're called to love them. Called to treat them like Jesus treated you. But the, the powers and the principalities and the spiritual wickedness in high places and your fleshly nature that would lead you into sin. You're called to pray against that. Jesus even did. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus prayed those things. And yet we find ourselves sometimes leaving that part of prayer out. I want you to know that Psalm... 58 verses 6 through 8. Oh God, break the teeth in their mouths. Man, I'm excited to get to pray that now. You know, the, the, the spirit that's behind some of the evil I see in the world. God, break the teeth in their mouth. Anybody ever broke a tooth? I chipped a tooth my fourth grade year on the playground during Laverne track meet. The elementary track meet, we went to the playground for lunch. What are we going to do? We're going to play football. And the blacktop was wet because you can't have good weather at the elementary track meet. It's forbidden. And 
made this catch. I don't remember who threw it to me. I just remember making the catch and my body was going this way. My feet went that way. And what hit the, the blacktop? My teeth. And I chipped a tooth. And I've broken bones. I've torn ligaments. Nothing's as bad as breaking your teeth. It hurts. I, I think that's why a lot of people don't like going to the dentist. But we're, we're not going to chase that. Break the teeth in their mouth. Tear out the fangs of the young lions, O oh Lord. Man, when I see that, I think, God, tear out the fangs of, of the youthful lusts and passions that still try to rear their head in my life. Let them vanish like water that runs away. When he aims his arrows, and there's a good one, when he aims his arrows, you read about the armor of God. Why do we take the shield of faith? To quench the fiery darts or arrows of the wicked. When he aims his arrows, let them be blunted. Let them be like the snail that dissolves into slime. Now, I'm hoping you don't go and pray this about a human being. But you can pray this about the enemy of your souls. May you be like the snail that dissolves into slime. Like the stillborn child who never sees the sun. It's going to change the way some of us pray. Hebrews 4.12, the author of Hebrews, and I, I probably till my dying day will believe Paul wrote it. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, to the joints of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Jesus in John 6, verse 63 said, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. And the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Why should we pray the Word of God? Because the Word of God is full of His Spirit and it brings life to our spiritual man. Jesus referenced it as the daily bread. How many of you struggle with reading your Bible? I'll put my hand up. I get bored. I've read a lot of that over and over and over. Well, guess what? When you start to pray the Bible or you read the Bible in a spirit of prayer, where when you're reading along in the New Testament, let's say you're reading in John, where it's just telling the story of Jesus in John chapter 6, I believe it is, where he's, he's out amongst uh, a bunch of invalid people. God's going to start bringing to mind prayer requests. You know, they're not permanent invalids, but, you know, I'm going to be thinking about the prayer requests that we were talking about this morning. She's got two broken bones in the lower part of her leg. God, I don't have to spend a lot of time there, but while I'm just holding my place in your word, please continue to be with her and heal her. Or other names that are on the prayer list suddenly snap into your mind. And we're starting to use that runaway mind with the focus of God's Word to become prayer warriors. You begin to pray with the narrative in the New Testament. You're not going to pray it line by line like you may do the Psalms. And you just let God begin to speak to you through His Word in a new and a powerful way. 
I've got these charts and I'll send them to you. And, and what I would advise you to do is it, it breaks Psalms into where you would read five Psalms every day of the month. And I'm not saying you have to do that. I'm saying if you want to pray the Psalms, it may be something where you say, you know, this month, the 1st of December, I'm going to pray Psalm 1 to the Lord. And then, you know, next month, maybe it'll be Psalm 31. Or you just do the junior high thing and skim through them until you find the one that the Spirit of God grabs a hold of you and says, this is the one. And you start praying that one. Or maybe you take the deeper dive academically and you read. You determine you're going to read all five because it, I'm going to have that discipline of reading God's Word in my life. And, and I'm fixing to walk you through kind of what it looks like to pray the Psalms. And, and we're going to do it together. But when you look at the, the 23rd Psalm, a very familiar Psalm, and if you have a Bible, go ahead and open it to that because we're, we're going to go through this together. But I want you to, as you're reading it, pray it as well. The, the 23rd Psalm, and... And when we come back in just a second, I'm going to, it's going to be real quiet on the video, so I'll apologize to Facebook people, but I'm going to start a timer for five minutes and let you just pray that song. But, but I'm going to show you kind of what it might look like, okay? The, the 23rd song, the Lord is my shepherd. God, you are my shepherd. You're my guide. You're the one who leads me through life. And Lord, I pray that you would be that to my children. That they would know you as a good shepherd and they would know your voice. And they would be led by you. And Lord, that, that I would be an imitator of you for the church that I serve. God, that, that you would continually lead me so that I can lead others to you. I have all that I need. Lord, you've never left me wanting anything. God, I've, I've probably eaten more than I should, but I've never gone hungry because I had to. Lord, uh, I've never had to sleep out in the elements unless I chose to. And God, you always meet my needs. You let me rest in green meadows or lie down in green pastures. Lord, you're always the safe place for me to go. God, you, you let me have rest in a world that's so fast-paced and, and always trying to steal my peace and my rest. And Lord, you lead me beside still waters. Lord, where you restore my soul. God, you're teaching me every day how to tap into that still spring of life that comes from you. 
And you would just continue going line by line, drawing out what the Spirit of God would say to you. So this morning, as, as we wrap up our time, take this five minutes and you may not get past the Lord is my shepherd. You may, you may get stuck on that thought. And what a wonderful place to be. Because when we begin to pray the Word of God, our prayer becomes to God and about God. And it starts to reveal to us more about who He is in our life and who He wants to be. So, I'm going to not say anything up here for five minutes. That's going to be a challenge for me. But I'm going to give you this five minutes. Just take the 23rd Psalm. And you're going to be shocked at how fast five minutes goes. And I'm not asking you to pray it out loud with your spouse. I'm asking you... If you need to pray it out loud, feel free to move away from people. But take that five minutes with the Word of God and pray it. And, and just feel that connection with Him. That, that depth of Him speaking to you through His Word.